How are you? I'm great. I have been up since five and got a workout in and I got some editing done and all my emails ready and excited to chat with you, friend. Wow, that's like the exact opposite of my day. I feel like How's I woke up. Um, <clears throat> well, I, w- I wake up pretty much every day to usually my daughter wakes me up, which is kind of funny. You think it'd be the opposite, okay. but like I'm a heavy sleeper and she usually gives me the one of those tugs on me. Like she kind of tugs me and I'm like, you know, she'll give me like a <clears throat> just like pull my shirt and I'm like, ah, and I kind of wake up and then I'm up. Sometimes she hands me my glasses, which is kind of funny because she's three. Uh, and then. Took her to preschool. I dropped some stuff off at UPS. The UPS woman who works there said I looked really tired. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you so and, much. That's so encouraging. Yeah. And then I got a Frappuccino. Uh, or sorry, not a Frappuccino. Starbucks was too long. The line was too long. So I got a McDonald's, whatever it's called, a Frappe. Frappe? How, how are you yeah. feeling? Yeah. You, what do you think? <clears throat> it feels okay. I don't really like coffee, to be honest, but not really a coffee person which really yeah that usually like strikes a chord with people people are like what because like, i likes coffee <clears throat> used to be way more into coffee until i like got an adhd diagnosis and realized that i was just kind of self-medicating with caffeine and taking like ca- a lot of caffeine and drinking like four or five cups of coffee a day and the medicine Ooh. was kind of messing with me a little bit so now i drink like uh this is like a half calf from my nespresso i'll have maybe a cup a day I used to drink a lot more though, um, and spend a lot more money on it. So it's really honestly nice. I just get my little one little iced coffee and we ready to go. Half calf, I like that. Sounds like a sounds like a rapper who, who raps country music. Half right? Uh, they like call it like half caffeinado or something on from the Nespresso brand. Um, I really love that coffee maker. That makes great coffee. And before I was like, oh my god, I have I can get a great piece, cup of coffee every two hours at work, but. Thankfully, I don't need it anymore and didn't really realize how much coffee I was consuming until I stopped. <laughs> I uh, when I tell people I don't like coffee, they're usually like, well, how do you like get up in the morning? And I'm like, I, I, I've never I don't know. I just go like I, I mean, I'm not like energized and uh, like, you know, running around like crazy. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't rely on coffee and I don't know which blows people's minds. But I see people like I said, I'm like, man, you guys like drink a lot of it. <laughs> and it's like not cheap especially like you know if you get it like on the go somewhere Mm -hmm. like if you make your own i'm sure it's not super expensive but i'm just like uh i don't know that sounds awful and i don't think coffee tastes good with like any food i don't know i I just i don't know that's my like your thing i I can get like i can go to coffee rant i think it like it's served way too hot. <laughs> anytime I've ever, anytime I've ever ordered a cup of coffee, like with a client or just, or just kind of been wherever, I'm always like, oh, I can't drink this for like another 25 minutes. Like, I don't, like, what's the, this is awful. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But <clears throat> I think, you know, makes your breath smell. It stains your teeth. It does it's too make your hot. smell. It's, yeah, it's too hot. I don't think it tastes good at all. And I know people are like, well, it's because you're getting the wrong coffee. It's like, well, I don't know. But even you put, not you personally, but I'm saying like most people put, you know, lots of sugar, lots of creamer, lots of whatever in it. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's, this that's kind of, that's not helping your black point. Iced coffee. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, do okay. black coffee <laughs> iced or if you see me with something that looks like it has milk in it, it's like a splash of oat milk. There's, I never do really sugar or anything like that, yeah. but I agree with you. I feel like some people like, have you seen all of the discourse about the Dunkin' Donuts munchkin thing that people have been talking about? So no. 
I guess they released a new, you know, they do their salt fall seasonal stuff and all the like kind of coffee chains will do their pumpkin or whatever. Dunkin' Donuts released this year, like a frappe, like what you have, but they blend in munchkin donuts into the drink. And then it's like whipped on top and then caramel drizzle and like a medium is I think like something upwards of 70 grams of sugar for a medium. (laughs) And like, that is like your total sugar intake for two days. If you're really watching your macros and being careful. And like so many people on TikTok have just been like kind of destroying it because they released like a little um, uh, diagram of how to make it because they thought it would be funny and like it would go viral, but it has gone viral for the exact wrong reason, Dunkin' Donuts. But I don't know. Some people like it. I just, I feel like that's dessert. Like I feel like- That's like the most American thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Right? Literally blending donuts into frozen coffee. Very American. Like when I went to Italy, I'm like a- I guess like I didn't even realize maybe until like the last year or so I'm just like a sugar fiend. I feel like I'm always like I wake up in in the morning and I'm just like, oh, I need to I need to get that, you know, donut or I need to eat, you know, this or whatever, like some kind of sugar. I don't know. I just, you know, you get sugar cravings, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I clearly have them. And uh, when I went to Italy, I was like, you know, you try like a candy bar in a different country and it's like one fifth of the amount of sugar. And you're like, oh, I guess part part of it's living in America is my problem. No, really. <laughs> uh, which, you know, is rough because everything here is just loaded with salt and sugar and mm-hmm. lots of flavor. That's usually, you know, chemicals. So, yeah, as I sit here and drink this McDonald's frappe, frappe. so I can't really complain. But, yeah, sorry. It's my little coffee Good slash sugar rant. rant or whatever. But, <clears throat> yeah. So, well, it's funny when the UPS lady, I go in there all the time because I'm always dropping stuff off Amazon returns and, you know, whatever. So I see them all the time and she's just like, you look tired today. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I've been uh, red. She's like, we, Thank you. She's like, we got a new kiosk. And I'm like, cool. And she goes, I want to, she's like, I like to show it to you, but you look really tired. So I'll show you next time. And I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a local FedEx that I have a business account with and they all know me. And sometimes I'll go in there and I'm like, oh, hey, Jess, you look great yeah. today. And then other times like, hey, Jess, you all right? I'm like, dang, guys, That's don't funny. read me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to the Central Park meetup or were you already out of the city? I was gone. So I left the day the day after the meetup, like the oh, day okay. after the part, the Cafe Walk. So I my flight left at 2. Okay. And yeah, I had to go to the Harry Potter store to get some stuff for my niece and nephew. <laughs> and then I like made a decision when I left the store. I was like, do I deal with trains? Do I just Uber and, and make sure I get there? On t-? And I was like, screw it. So I just Ubered. And I was, it was like 80 bucks or something ridiculous. But I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't care. It's better than missing my flight. So whatever. I would even say, I would argue to say that the train was faster. So I, when I left, my flight yeah. left at 4:45 and I left the meetup a little too late and I was like, "Oh, I'm about to miss my flight for sure." But the Uber was like 150 bucks and Jeez. was like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And then I looked at the train, it was guaranteed about 55 minutes. It was my first time going from like Penn Station all the way out to JFK. Honestly, it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. Cost $13 total and I could guarantee I'd get there on time because the trains don't have traffic. Whereas yeah. you get stuck on the wrong bridge, it's over, you know? Yeah. You so. just stop and stop and go, stop and go. Well, and that's what I did on the way to 
or on the way from JFK when I landed, mm-hmm. I took the train. I think yeah, I think Super it was like easy. fifteen bucks, uh, and it was you know it was quick. But then I, on the end, uh, I kept looking and I was like, it, it, I guess it was more for just my mental. You know, I, was like, I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to deal with walking to the station. And I was like, I just want to sit in this Uber and do nothing. I totally <laughs> you know, so, I understand. Social battery empty. Yeah, it was. I was pretty much running on E, but uh so where are you uh right now you're in south carolina yeah mm-hmm. yep based yeah. in south carolina and i'm currently which, in my home office which city again columbia Bo- columbia mm-hmm. that's where university of south carolina is right yep usc let's go USC. cox by 90 cool there we go yeah did you yep. go to usc or no i did not so i graduated from columbia college which is actually a liberal arts school in town and it is one of the only all women's colleges in the nation it was founded in 1854 and about three or four years ago they actually went co-ed so now it's no longer an only all women's college um but i graduated from there that's where i got my ba so you went there when it was an all women's college Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow and but i did not stay on campus so i didn't have that exact experience i lived in an apartment off campus because i was working full-time when i was in school Awesome. And and you got your degree technically in what exactly? I have a BA in studio art with an emphasis in photography. And so a lot of my time in school was really more in the studio and learning about like kind of creating imagery that explains things or tells a story and learning how to do that. Um, and I still to this day work with charcoal and graphite and I paint with oils. I don't really share that a lot online. Um, it's just kind of my own personal thing and, um, my, my art and kind of how I express myself a little bit, but, um, I was, I always was a very creative, um, person growing up. And then I got my first camera when I was about 16 and really fell in love with it from there and kind of, um, just decided to dive in after interning with another photographer. And I went to my first year of school at another school, pursuing a degree in elementary education and immediately knew that that just wasn't for me and I wasn't challenged and academics have always been very easy for me. And so I thought, why don't I do the harder thing that which is be an artist? Because that's very subjective if you're good at it or not. Um, And it seemed something that was a little bit harder for me because I um, found, like I said, academics to be very easy. And, um, so I did a year of school and then I transferred to Columbia college and I finished my degree in three years instead of four. Um, I had the opportunity to do some college credits in high school and I was working full-time throughout all of that. And I did not have any support, um, from anywhere else. And so, it was a lot to be, you know, a 19 year old working 40 hours a week at Ruby Tuesday, paying for my degree and finishing (laughs) it. But, um, I finished it in three years and I graduated in 2014 and then I went full-time with my business in 2015. Oh, wow. So you, I mean, you hit the ground running. It seems like Yeah, I was already um, interning with, in high school, I interned with an incredible wedding photographer, kind of fell in love with it there and continued to like kind of started to grow a small client base of people that I knew, you know, when you're first starting out, you're asking your friends and, you know, your family, hey, can I do portraits of you? I take photos now, you know, Um, and then once I kind of had been doing that with her for about two and a half years. So throughout my senior year of high school and then my first year in school in college, um, I really felt like 
this is what I want. I really like it. I'm really challenged by it. And I'm definitely a person who loves to be challenged. And so being an elementary school education uh, major and being a school teacher didn't, I, while I know that is an incredibly challenging profession for me, it wasn't hitting the challenges that I kind of worth, we could thrive in. Um, and so I transferred, but continued to shoot weddings with that photographer and other photographers in the area. And I photographed my first wedding under my brand, Jessica Hunt Photography in 2014. Um, and be kind of before I even filed for my LLC, don't tell anybody, sorry, state of South Carolina, um, <laughs> who hasn't right. Um, and then kind of just, like you said, hit the ground running from there. And the first few years obviously were a little bit tighter than, you know, you'd love, but I was 21 and it didn't matter as much because I was living the dream. Yeah. Um, and it Absolutely. was definitely a great journey though, for sure. Yeah. So you started or started full time in 24. I mean, how many did you do the first year? How many weddings? I think first year in 2015, I did 13 or 14 um, at a pretty low price point. And then from there, just continued to grow. Um, and then we got to the point where we shot 34 in 2022 and 2023, kind of from the pandemic boom, but yeah. I've always kind of stayed in that 20 to 25 range. And has always been my goal throughout my career until I've gotten to a point where I'm now, um, kind of moving into a space where I'm focusing more on my destination work personally and allowing my associate photographers to handle and take care of our local market that I've been working in for so long and in in that kind of price point. And I'm kind of moving towards hopefully shooting maybe eight to 10 a year yep. with really, really intentional couples and with great planners. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the goal, right? That's what the, mm -hmm. that's kind of the top of the mountain, I feel like for most of us is. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do, you know, 20, 30. <laughs> yeah, anymore. definitely not. The volume is not, it's the volume is not only challenging um, as an artist because you're tired and it's hard to go out and create every weekend when you just created all last weekend and worked all yeah. week. But I think my team and I and my clients are better served for us scaling back and doing less and being more intentional. And so this year we started to scale back and we have, I think 26 as a brand together. Um, and then next year will be even less. And that is definitely on purpose. Um, yeah. Learned some very valuable lessons through that hustle in 2022 and 23, too much, too high of a volume. Um, it wasn't, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, I well, think every wedding vendor probably feels that way. For sure. Uh, and you said we, and then you mentioned a team, your team. Mm -hmm. How many are on your team? So I have two associate photographers on my team that have been working with me for three years. They are incredible. Both of them started as assistants. Um, and so for each wedding day that my brand does, we, you have a primary shooter, a secondary photographer, and an assistant. So our team always arrives with three people. Um, and so I usually try to promote from within both of those, um, women, Savannah and Mary Faith started as assistants and moved up to second shooter. And then once we had at least worked on 45 weddings together, um, I approached them and talked to them about associate shooting and we continually do kind of education and, you know, reviewing their photos and stuff like that. And then we have two like kind of full-time assistants that one that is based where my associate photographer Savannah lives, who assists most of her weddings. And then I have my principal assistant Monty who assists me on all of mine. 
Um, and usually the associate shooters will travel with me for our destination work. So I will have my best shooters kind of with me and Mary Faith will act as an assistant on that day, but have her camera as a third shooter if necessary. And then second shooter and then me. Oh, wow. It sounds like you have it, you have it all figured out. I think. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it sounds like I might, but definitely I'm just, every day is trial and error and learning some lessons for sure. (laughs) Uh, and so have you, were you born and raised South Carolina or no? I was. I was born in Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, which is about 45 minutes from Columbia. It's a pretty small town. And I actually grew up in an even smaller town with one stoplight called St. Matthews. Um, and I um, grew up in a very, very conservative household in a very conservative religious community and um, had a very we'll say complicated childhood and, um, growing up in that environment, um, definitely taught me a lot and gave me a lot of appreciation for a lot of things, but also really showed me who I did not want to be and what I didn't want to emulate in my life. Um, and so when I was about 19 or so, I stepped away from that faith and the faith of that I was raised in and my family and, um, kind of reformed my personhood and le- learned to look at the world in a different way and yeah. to see things differently. And um, that kind of has propelled me to where I am now, currently like openly queer and happy and joyful and excited to enjoy other humans and make them feel good and just kind of focus on that. Um, I like jokingly say to people all the time, sometimes I feel very, very young internally because I, I like was a baby at 19. I reformed everything, everything I thought about the world, everything that I believed um, in the way that I raised was had to shift. And I did that on my own somehow and hopefully came out on the right side. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of a rebirth at 19, right? Yeah. You kind of was like, we're like, I'm going to kind of wipe the slate clean, if you will. But uh, well, and that's why like whenever I first, heck, I first met you in person a couple of days before this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, people listening, recording this, what, three days after the meetup? Yeah. Cafe? Well, yeah. So this is Thursday and that meet, that was Monday. Uh, and. What is time? You, well, I was just say, yeah, right. And I was going to say, I'm so, I'm so, yeah, just like. Time Lost is, in yeah. the sauce. I'm just like, yeah. But I was going to say like you, because you mentioned like a. Uh, you know, very happy, free spirit. Like you definitely seem happy. Like when I met you, very bubbly, uh, talkative in a good way. And just, you know, I could tell probably someone that, you, you know, I could talk to for like hours and hours. So thanks. friend. Part, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just good vibes all around. Uh, I sat beside you at <laughs> the dinner the night before. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, I just was like, okay, this is, this is going to be a good guest, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Good, yeah, definitely good vibes all around. So that makes total sense because, you you know, you just said like, um, you know, you're like happy and bubbly. So I agree. I definitely yeah. felt that. It is um, the joy of my life to make other people feel comfortable and feel welcomed. And that is something that I try to do in every space that I'm in. And so it's just easier when someone is nice to you and smiles at you and it's something that comes really naturally to me. I heard a quote one time that said the most unseen and unheard children are the people who want to make people feel seen and heard when they're adults. And so 
that's really where a lot of my values lie and a lot of what I do in any context of a personal friendship or professional relationship or meeting someone for the first time. Um, I just love to make people feel good and feel encouraged. And um, I get told a lot that I'm like the ultimate hype woman. Like you need a compliment, come to me. I got you. Awesome. I'll give you 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good thing to be known for, for sure. Yeah. Especially in the industry when there can be a lot of negativity uh, mm-hmm. or not even negativity, just sort of comparing yourself to other people, especially with social media, how crazy it is. But like, Definitely. yeah, it's nice to have a, someone to hype you up for sure. Um, oh man. Yeah. I'm out of it. Uh, I feel that uh, sometimes it's, it's been hard for me to restart my brain since coming back. Like yesterday I was at work all day and I'm like, I feel like I'm getting nothing done. Yeah. Sometimes you're just in the office spinning your wheels a little bit. I've really yeah, tried to, and I'm to like, get oh, it's been three own. hours. So I haven't done much. And I'm like, but I have so much to do. <laughs> right. And, and you're like, in this Wait. conundrum of should I rest and come back tomorrow and be better? Yeah. Or should I push through? I do that until like two, three, four in the morning sometimes where I'm like, yeah, which I know is, yeah, trust me. I know it's like, that's don't, don't do that. It's not good for you. Like maybe once in a while. Sure. But like being on that habit is like bad. Uh, and I've absolutely. Yeah. Cause there was a time where I'd go to bed at three and four and wake up at like seven and watch my daughter for like eight hours. But I would be like, you know, dragging ass basically like, yeah half ping it like just kind of like uh just go play with your toys and i'm gonna sit here <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh and i'm just like whoa like i'm a zombie uh yeah and it's whew. it's hard not to get wrapped into that i think our industry encourages a lot of that our industry encourage that and hustle culture oh, yeah. push 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 our culture in general and the states does as well we have a very western working culture that is a lot of us equate worth and value to that. Yeah. And so, you know, give yourself grace and anyone who's listening, if you're in that spot, like give yourself grace. That's what you've been taught and told has how you're successful is just to push, 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 push. And I am really thankful that I've been in therapy and working on honoring myself and honoring that, like when I feel that stress and that like, oh no, I need to be in the office for hours and hours and hours, understanding that like, I do better work when I work for eight hours and I go be a person and I come back and work for eight hours and not spend my wheels until, you know, and maybe some people are able to do hard focus hours and get shit done all the way into the night. Shout out to y'all. I am very impressed by that. I am definitely that person is like when I hit that wall, especially with like a little bit of executive dysfunction where it's just like, I'm, I'm getting nothing done and I'm wasting my time. I've tried to get better at recognizing that and stepping away and coming back when I can do good work. Um, But that's really hard because there's nothing in our culture that encourages us to do that. Um, And it's, it makes you feel a little guilty. Resting is really hard sometimes and it's all wrapped up in how much we value our jobs, I think, and how much we care about what we do. And every one of us as entrepreneurs, like this is our baby. This is, I, I love it. I'm, I'm this, I really deeply care about this. So it's hard not to get wrapped into that. I do it all the time, especially in the busy season, but I've been, I think we talked about this at dinner, you know, working on, you know, creating boundaries in my life between my job and my profession and who I am personally. Yeah. And it has made my life 900 times better. I will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember telling you like, I would be like, oh no, I have to respond to this email right now. Cause I want, I want my inbox to have, you know, say zero and like, 
and a couple months ago, I, I and I I did that for a long time. And a couple months ago, I was like, you know, like sometimes people take days or weeks to get back to me, and I'm like, I'm so out of it. Like I'm so busy. I'm like, I'm gonna just sort of, hey, I'll get to it when I get to it, and that's how it, yeah. that's how it is. So. Uh, which is a good, you know, it feels good to be like, you know what? I don't need to respond right now. I'll respond tomorrow. Literally, <laughs> Cause I, literally. Because I'm busy and I'm tired and my daughter needs me to pay attention to her. So I'm like, you're going to you're gonna have to wait. But uh, so I, I want to go back to what you said about. So the town you grew up in had one stoplight. So did mine, uh, which is very rare. I feel like it doesn't happen very often. Like, I, I don't hear that too often. How many kids were in your graduating class in high school? 136. Okay. I had 54, so I think I went Dang, you beat yeah. me in the small town. <laughs> uh. um, man, your are t- so, yeah. I, my town had one stoplight, one bar. Well, I guess two bars uh, and, like, two gas stations, and that's pretty much it. Like a yeah. supermarket. Like a little too, tiny supermarket. But um. Southern people who hear this will know what I say when we had a Piggly Wiggly. Yep. Um, and <laughs> a gas station, the high school, a stoplight, a pharmacy, a wonderful library, which I spent a lot of time at, as a teen, and a lot of churches. It's the South. <laughs> yep, good call. So, <laughs> and you, <clears throat> so I guess what was your, I know you mentioned doing, uh, you want to do more destination weddings. Have you done many recently? What have been so, some of your favorite places you've gone? I've been traveling for destination work for the past five to six years, um, kind of really started that off with my, an international, some international work that I did in Brazil in 2018. Um, and from there have consistently traveled throughout, um, up the East coast and West coast, um, definitely a coast girly for sure. Um, and I've been consistently shooting, maybe we'll say four to five destination weddings every year throughout my career. And then over the past two years, been able to shift that to a little bit more work outside of my local market. And um, some of my favorite places that I've been is definitely Brazil when I was able to do that and had a just incredible experience and felt so very humbled um, by that. And recently I've been able to go out to San Francisco twice last year and had one of the quintessential like kind of San Francisco city weddings and also got to do a beautiful one in the valley at a winery and kind of get that experience um and kind of coming up for us we have um a really big luxury event that is going to be a three-day event in Cancun that's coming up for us and I have a big one in December later next year so I love to travel. It definitely is an extra layer of everything for what we do. And I know um, we talked a little bit about this as well at dinner and just kind of love to travel and I love the destination work, but it definitely is a lot of more, a lot of work. And it's definitely way different than if you're in your local market. Um, but I have always found myself doing my best work with clients that I resonate the most with and that we really vibe and being a person who is incredibly progressive and very openly progressive and 
Um, I know listeners cannot see me right now, but I have purple and blue and pink hair <laughs> and tattoos. And I am very open about my queerness and being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And so destination work has also given me the freedom to really connect with couples that I really share the same values with and maybe have a lot of common interests with, which is something I maybe not, might not find as much in um, Columbia, South Carolina, per se, even yeah. though there are wonderful people here. Don't let don't let me mistake and tell you that there are not. We have wonderful clients here. Um, but that is one of my favorite things about traveling truly is being able to connect with just that perfect fit. Um, I think every vendor has a different couple that is their perfect fit. And um, when you get the perfect one, man, you're just able to do your best work. And so that's what I'm always kind of chasing after a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love hearing that. That's it's crazy. Like the mindsets we have now compared to when we first started. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like we had no idea what we were doing. Literally. And now it's, like, now it's like, I want this and this and this. Like it's we can write an exact description of like kind of what we want our business to be and mm-hmm. where we're headed, which is nice because what I want. You know, yeah. a couple of years ago it was like, I don't know. I just, you want to film your wedding? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll discount it. If you can book, like, you know what I mean? It's I, yep. I we didn't know what we were doing. Yep. When I first started, it was really just, it doesn't even matter what y'all pay me. I just want to book 20 because I'm going to be a photographer oh, for sure. 20 weddings a year, you know, yep. and then it moves to the next one where it's like, well, I at least want to book 25 at this price, you know, and when you're in the beginning of everything, it feels so big because that's the first time anyone's ever get like hired you for that amount. And looking back on that now, I'm just like, oh man, I've learned some lessons. <laughs> yeah. But I know, I know people that were like, oh, I booked, I have 50 book for next year. And I'm just like, that's not cool though. Like, <laughs> like sounds like I think, hell. Yeah, I think you're making it like you're trying to come off as like I'm awesome. I booked fifty, and I'm like that sounds horrible. Like that makes me want to fall asleep right now just from thinking how exhausted that would be. Like I, I'm like I can't. Oh, that's I awful. Could not imagine that either. I think that there are are some incredible professionals who are able to operate at that volume and provide a great level of service. Um, I am definitely not one of them. So humbled whenever I talk to anyone who does that, I'm like, you're incredible. Um, But I also think, you know, that flex of I have this many booked or I'm Mm -hmm. going here. It's really popular in our industry. It is so such a pattern of things that people will post about and talk about. And I really am so hesitant to um, ever post about or talk about a lot of bookings and a lot of work in a way that makes it seem like we're just having fun and I just love my job. I do love my job. We do have a great time on wedding days, but it is work. This is labor and this is my profession. And I sometimes am really, I'll see my peers post, oh, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And we have 75 weddings this year and I can't wait. And I'm like, sweetheart, I want you to have some time for yourself because you deserve it. And you're a person before you are whatever your vendor category is. And you devalue our entire industry when you say that because it might be fun and we might like it, but all of us are out here still working and our labor is valuable. And so I really try to avoid talking about it that way. And sometimes when I see vendors talking about it that way, I just like want to reach out and be like, can I give you a hug? Because I, I feel like you're struggling. That's why you said that. 
I feel like yeah. you are trying to convince yourself with this Instagram post that you are loving how yeah. busy you are and hoping that if you put that on the internet, everyone will believe that too. And then that elevates your brand a little bit. Whereas sure. I would hope that I'm able to be real and intentional and that that will resonate with the people that fit with my brand and you know what? I'll be real with y'all. I don't want to work all the time. That's not no. what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to work less. Oh, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> after I got back from Italy, literally the next day, I had a local wedding, like the next day. And, I, and, and yeah, every time I tell someone that, they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, yeah, I, I had that one planned before Italy. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, otherwise, I wouldn't have done that, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, I was like, I'm not going to say no to Italy because of this. So I did that. But man, like, it was just like rough. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I tell people that, it's not to sound cool. It's not like, dude, I did one the next day, man. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm telling you. Why did I'm, I do that? Yeah, I'm like, that was rough. And also, like, I'm tired. And I, I want you to know, like, that's just kind of the type of year I've been having, which mm -hmm. is like, I'm, I did this. And then, oh, there's no time to rest because I have to go do this. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then watch my daughter you know, hang out with her in between, which is <clears throat> great, but it's also exhausting because she's three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's really tiring and I'm like, oh, you just need to like sit down for five minutes. Uh, but yeah, so I- What's your daughter's yeah. name? Her name's Winnie, like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie, how beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that she's keeping you busy and keeping you on your toes, but also yeah. three-year-olds have way more energy than we do, especially if what we're doing and working so hard. <laughs> for sure. Well, in the first like two years of her life, I didn't, we didn't have a babysitter. So I, like, I watched her every single day, except for when I was working, um, like I actually, you know, shooting a wedding every, every single day. But, you know, then I sort of realized, oh, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And then, you mm -hmm. know, got a babysitter. She's in preschool now, but then the, actually the babysitter is picking her up today. Today's my work day. I'm going to try to work until, you know, five or five 30. Uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I might end up taking a nap at some point. I don't know yet, but we are in the same boat. Today is my yeah. office day as well. Got some yeah. editing to do. Um, and whenever I have those days, I always try to like be really intentional about like give myself some time to wake up, stretch, get my body ready, drink some water. I don't know if you ever struggle with like, wake up, go straight to your computer and like immediately typey, 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 typey. Yeah. I used to do that and I really have tried to shift that habit this year to waking up an hour before I need to be at work or maybe two, sitting down, having maybe a little latte, maybe doing a little journaling, maybe just scrolling on Twitter, looking at the New York Times for a second. Um, because I used to just wake up and go straight to the office, like within 15 minutes of opening my eyes, like in the office answering emails. And then it would feel like you know, you blink and it's 4 p.m. and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't eaten. I haven't drinking any water. What time, what day is it? It's the twilight zone and I've fallen into this black hole in this office. And if you feel terrible, your body feels terrible. And you, I oftentimes felt like, again, that I'm spinning my wheels. I'm in here exhausted and I don't feel good. So I'm actually not working at maximum capacity. I'm just kind of sitting in here. Yeah. And I think if you are in a position maybe not where you're in, where you're not an entrepreneur and it isn't everything that we do is directly related to the income that comes into our business. Wouldn't it be just so nice to sit and spin your wheels and still just go home and be like, well, it was just another day. 
Yeah. Um, whereas for us, I feel like there is often this feeling of like, if I'm spending my wheels and I'm wasting that time, that's money walking out the door because I'm not working with clients or getting the next client. Um, but that's an, I think a self-created pressure uh, yeah. that I need to work on. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I have like guilt, like a lot of guilt mm. about that. It's just like, oh, well my daughters are the babysitters, so I'm not with her, but I'm here working, but also like, I'm, you know, tired and like I need a break and it's just like <laughs> sort of like damned if I do damned if I don't it's like well yeah you can't do but like you have to you know basically just stop my therapist was just like why like why do you feel guilty like like what's where's it yeah. coming from and I'm like I don't know <laughs> and I'm like literally no matter what I do I, I feel like I'm like I feel guilty like either if way it's not work yeah or well, you feel it, guilty it, it, while you're working because you're not with her both like that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying both and that's like a never like I can't it can't be both you know what I'm saying it doesn't make any sense Uh, well it does make sense if you are a person who cares about what you do and you care about your daughter and you care about your relationship with her and so it makes perfect sense to me that you feel guilty being away from work because you really want to care about your career and get your clients your stuff and I know just meeting you just over this past weekend that you have a lot of intentionality about your clients and the work that you do with them and obviously you've have that as well with your daughter. And so it makes perfect sense to me that that's a struggle and a constant push and pull. Um, something that I did this year for the first time in 10 years was I decided that my all of my goals for the year were going to be centered around myself and my personal life and mm-hmm. me as Jessica and nothing to do with my business. Um, I have prioritized my business over myself and my life and my personal life and my personal growth and my healing um, for a decade since I started this, I, um, jumped right in. I graduated school when I was 20 and then started the next year. And so I can kind of see just like, like what you're talking about, which is like these things, they didn't, it served me in a way, but it has not served me personally and taken care of me and allowed me to be the best I can be for the people that I love or the relationships like you're speaking about with your daughter that you really value. Yeah. And I think your first step is realizing, Hey, this is not the best for me or her. And then just find a way to shift it. And at the end of the day, your relationships and humans matter more than anything else. Not these jobs. Yep. I agree. Um, I, yeah, I, I know a, a guy who's like really successful, uh, not in the wedding industry. And, and mm-hmm. he, he said, if he could go back and change something, he would spend more time with his kids. That's what he told me. He was like, that's literally the regret that I have. Cause like, I don't get that. It's gone. Um, he's like, yeah, I have like money now, which is cool. But like <laughs> being successful is cool. But he's like, I, you know, you just feel that's guilty. Really important. And, yeah. yeah. So I try to think about that. Uh, so like when I'm with her, I, you know, I try not to be like, Oh, I need to be working, even though I do think that sometimes in the back of your head, sometimes not all the time, because again, I can't. Yeah, it's just like she needs to, you know, she needs time with me. I need time with her. But I was going to say you, um, you definitely give off like therapist vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple people, a lot of people in my life tell me that a lot of people tell me that. (laughs) I think um, that comes from I am a very empathetic person and everything of what I do is, like I said, is about humans. And so I'm more interested in your humanity and how we can make each other better as humans within this community of not only the wedding industry, but working class people and showing each other solidarity and support 
far more than I'm interested in really anything else. And that's how I approach most of what I do in my business as well. It's always human first. Um, we do all of our planning for events in all kind of thinking through human first, what's important to this couple? What do they care about? Um, I say all the time to couples, if you like it, I love it. I might not personally like that aesthetic or whatever you've chosen to do, but it's yours. I'm going to remove my ego from this and just love on you because you're a person and you deserve that. And you deserve to be honored in this experience. I'm sorry. My dog Ranger is having a very exciting <laughs> dream right now. Everyone one second. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. <laughs> You want to wake up and maybe not? Okay. Yeah. Mine's sleeping Everyone, too. that's my Basset Hound Lab Mix Ranger, and he's very grumpy. I just woke him up, but it's for your benefit. <laughs> I, I can barely hear him okay, on the good. mic. Okay, like, good. Like, okay, barely. Good. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, speaking of dogs, so I, and want, I was going <clears> to <throat> start the rapid fire question portion of this Let's episode. Let's uh, right. And I, one of the first questions I was going to ask was dogs or cats? I have both. I have three cats and a dog. My dog's name is Ranger. He's a Basset Hound Lab Mix. I have two cats that I got when I was a sophomore in college. So they are 12 this year. And I have a little cat named Liam that I adopted about a, almost two years ago in October. And he's a little orange chaos monster, but I love him dearly. So that's my little family. Um, I do not have any children of my own, but they definitely feel like that for me. And I love to tell everyone like, oh, I'm never alone. I always got the fam hanging out. They're always around. So dogs and cats or any animal, really. What's a dream country you'd love to visit? Like, like what's your, you know, not dream, like a dream destination? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work? Not even weddings, just, just, just to go visit. I want to answer all of them, but that is not what you're asking from me. So let me be indecisive. I would say I have not been to Europe and I would really love to be able to visit um, a little bit of Europe, maybe some, some in Germany and in Ireland, because that is where my like ethnic heritage res resides. And so I would just kind of love to see that country personally for, for some fun. I, that's what a trip I would love to take for work to shoot in. Um, I would absolutely love to go back to Brazil and work there again. It was genuinely an incredible experience. So I would, I know that I've already been there, but it's a dream. I'd go back. It was so great. It was incredible. Brazilian people are incredible. A window or aisle seat? Window, because I want to be able to have room to put my shoulder into the window and lean away from the person who's in the middle. Good call. What's your favorite childhood movie? The Lion King. What's your favorite? Uh, what was your first car? A Chevy S10. It was black and I named it Couch because it was comfy. <laughs> uh, what's a book that everyone should read? Aragon by Christopher Polini. What's your go-to drink at a bar or restaurant? Baca soda, splash of crayon. What's your favorite board game? Blue. What's one food if you could eat for the rest of your life? What would it be? It doesn't have to be healthy. It could be anything. It will be healthy because that's no. who I am. Okay. <laughs> and I judge, I genuinely do eat healthy just because I, I like to not even like a flex or I'm not on a diet or anything. I just like, I just love to do it. Um, protein shakes there. It is the easiest. It's like grilled dinner. I can never turn it down. 
and they all taste good now. I feel like protein shakes. Right? Taste, I don't know. I think like chocolate milk, kind of almost. Okay. Right. Truly. Um, what's the weirdest thing in your refrigerator? The rotted arugula I didn't eat before going to New York City, and I still haven't thrown it away. And it's Thursday, and I got home on Tuesday. Favorite fast food? I'll say Five Guys. We love a burger and some fries. What would you like to be remembered for? How I made people feel, which is hopefully good and affirmed and safe in any room that I walk in with them. Jess, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to meet you and so many of our other vendors at this event. And hopefully we can all build each other up and elevate our community to the next level. Absolutely. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, friend.